This is our second session on Proverbs 26, 4 through 5. Last time we looked at these two apparent, apparently contradictory proverbs. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And we learned from this apparent contradiction here, one, what a proverb really is, that it's not a hard and fast rule that applies exactly the same in every situation all the time. And second, we learned that proverbs by themselves don't make you wise, but wisdom must use proverbs in a wise way. And then we asked the question, how do you become wise? And we looked at at chapter 2, verses 1 to 6, and we'll look at that again shortly. And the last answer last time was um, connect Proverbs with Jesus. That's what we're aiming to do this time. So, Father, as we look here at Proverbs 26, 4, and 5 in relation to Jesus, would you come? Show us the pathway from a proverb to Christ so that he is trusted and you are glorified. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing we do is to notice that in the wider context of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs are given for the sake of trusting in the Lord. Proverbs twenty two nineteen, that your trust may be in the Lord, I have made them, the Proverbs, known to you today, even to you. So the aim of Proverbs is that they would help us trust in the Lord. They would throw us onto the Lord and make us realize our dependence on the Lord. And notice, all caps, Yahweh. This is not the generic word God. This is the specific Jewish covenant God implying that Proverbs are embedded in the whole Old Testament religion. This, is, this name occurs 85 times in the book of Proverbs, the Lord with all caps. Here's another way of making the same point from chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in Yahweh. Trust in the Lord at all times. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. So trusting. So the Proverbs are given for trust in the Lord and now trusting in the Lord and not leaning on your own understanding, but acknowledging the Lord is how your paths become straight. In other words, how Proverbs really get used, how you can know, do you answer a fool according to his folly or don't you answer a true a fool according to his folly? Well, trust in Yahweh, the Old Testament God, and don't lean on your own insight. Or chapter 2, verse 6, we looked at last time, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel, the covenant God, gives 
gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and, and understanding. So he, he gives it freely, and we must trust on his merciful, free giving of wisdom. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom and the, no- and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So we don't even get to first base in the use of Proverbs to be wise if we are not responding to the fact that these Proverbs are embedded in a religion where the fear of the Lord is the main thing. It's foundational. So all of that to make clear that we don't disconnect these proverbs, even if they come from common experience of life or even are copied in other religions. We don't disconnect them from Old Testament religion. And what do we know about Old Testament religion? We know that we are sinners. That is, if God is going to give us anything, it will be by mercy, We don't deserve to be given wisdom. We have sins that separate us from God. And and the whole Old Testament religion of sacrifices was meant to point to the fact that we need a Redeemer. So the Proverbs are embedded in Old Testament religion who has Yahweh, which has Yahweh as at the center, the covenant God who knows and shows that we are sinners and by his mercy alone can we have any wisdom. And he puts sacrifices in place so that our sins can be dealt with. But the blood of bulls and goats don't take away sin. So they're pointing to a redeemer, which is clearest of all in Isaiah 53, four through six. He was wounded, this coming redeemer foreseen 700 years before he comes. He was wounded for our transgressions, for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own sinful way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the great, the great substitution of the Redeemer Our sins get laid on him and we receive forgiveness. So when you come to the New Testament and that Redeemer appears, his name is Jesus and Christ. And here's what he does. Romans 3, 25. God put Christ forward as a propitiation by his blood. That is, he now absorbs all of God's wrath against our sin. He propitiates God, that means takes away his wrath, by his blood, by his death, to be received by faith. We saw that already in the Old Testament. This was to show God's righteousness, and here comes a link with the Old Testament, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over, in the Old Testament, he had passed over former sins. Now, putting it together, when you read the book of Proverbs and you plead to God for wisdom, if God gives you wisdom, 
It's mercy because your sins in the Old Testament would have only brought down wrath. But God had put in place a system of sacrifices that would postpone the wrath of God, take it away for God's people, but it doesn't work, right? The blood of bulls and goats don't take away sins. There had to be a redeemer, which Isaiah 53 spoke of. Now Jesus has come and he has put away those sins and put away that wrath. So now we can see all the wisdom that ever came through Proverbs, true wisdom came through Jesus Christ. It came because his divine forbearance in the Old Testament had made him look unrighteous, but now God put Christ forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show he's righteous in giving wisdom to sinners, treating sinners better than they deserve, not holding their sins against them because Christ came later to be a propitiation, which leads to this conclusion. Therefore, Jesus is the foundation of all true wisdom. If anybody has wisdom, true wisdom, Jesus bought it. We would not have any without him. Proverbs would hang useless in our mouths, like we saw last time. We would have an appearance of wisdom, because we know lots of neat proverbs, but wouldn't know what to do with them in any constructive way. But they would be of no eternal use to anyone, which is what real wisdom is. But since Jesus secured God's wisdom for us, we can be truly wise. And that would mean glorifying God in all we do. For that is why Jesus came, to glorify God. So, when you have a question like, shall we answer a fool according to his folly, or shall we not answer a fool according to his folly? Now we see that because of Christ, we can say, will this glorify God, which is why Jesus died? And will this show trust in Jesus? Jesus came from the Father, and he died so that we would discern what the wise way is in the use of Proverbs, the way that glorifies God, the way that expresses faith in Jesus, the way that loves people and draws them into this experience with us.